0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 797, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 to 20. Let's read the passage. When they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and from that moment the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? Because of your little faith, he told them. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's given us this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And we've had this shift in Matthew's gospel where Peter made the confession that Jesus is the Messiah. So now it's at least out in the open amongst the disciples. And Jesus is teaching them differently now and looking forward to going to Jerusalem for the conclusion of his ministry there. He gave his prediction of his death and resurrection, and Peter had the misunderstanding about it. Then he had a call for them to follow him, follow him even to the point of death. And then they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. At least three of them did. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and they witnessed this transfiguration of Jesus, Jesus speaking to Moses and Elijah. Then they came down from the mountain, and Jesus explained them about the coming of Elijah that had happened in the form of John the Baptist. Now we pick it up in chapter 17, verse 14. When they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him. So they reached a crowd at the base of the mountain. as They've come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, Matthew doesn't give us a frame of reference here for location. And as you read the descriptions of this event in Mark and Luke, it seems this is a Jewish event setting that they're in now. So that's why I believe they've left the area of Caesarea Philippi, have come south, closer to the area of Capernaum, and that's where this event takes place. Verse 15, Lord, he said, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So he's asking for healing for his son. And he says his son has seizures. Some translations say he has epilepsy. King James Version says he is lunatic. The the Greek word here is seleniazomai, which literally means moonstruck. And that's where we get the word lunatic, moon, luna. And it, it comes from the Greek understanding of Selene, the moon goddess, and it was believed that the phases of the moon had to do with people having seizures, and so hence the the term moonstruck. A lot of people say, okay, the boy had epilepsy, and they seem to want to chalk it up to a primitive misunderstanding of an actual medical condition and attributing it to evil spirits. They knew what epilepsy was. People have been writing about the medical condition of epilepsy for a few hundred years by this point in time. And actually, there is a word, epilepsis, which means epilepsy. And actually, epi means upon. Lepsis comes from the verb seizure, to seize. So there was an actual term for epilepsy. And so I think it's best, uh, as they've done here in the CSB, to translate this as has seizures. Rather than try and diagnose him with epilepsy, the description he gives is the boy has seizures. Now, sometimes people had seizures because of the medical condition of epilepsy. Sometimes they had seizures because of demon possession. And here the the results of these seizures that the demon occurs seem to be trying to cause harm to the boy, of throwing him into fire, throwing him into the water. In verse 16, he says, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Well, apparently he heard Jesus was in the area and came looking for Jesus, but Jesus and the three were up on the mountain, so he went to the disciples. Now, the disciples back in chapter 10 had been given authority to heal people with sicknesses, and drive out demons. They had the authority to do this. Why couldn't they do it? Well, we'll address that. That's a question they have. Verse 17, Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus has something of a, well, pretty negative reaction to this. The disciples seem to be the ones who've messed up here, but he just refers to this whole idea of unbelieving and perverse generation. Now, that's Old Testament language. A lot of times we hear that from God dealing with the Israelites and their rebellion. And it's interesting that the command, bring him here to me, bring, that verb, is second person plural. So he's not addressing the Father necessarily. It seems to be addressing multiple people, I think, as to the disciples, to the disciples, bring him to me, because he's having this negative reaction, and it's not against the man who brought his son for healing. It's to the entire generation, but it seems more focused on the disciples themselves and their failure. Verse 18, then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and from that moment the boy was healed. The original language says Jesus rebuked him and many translations have added the demon to clarify that he's not rebuking the boy he's rebuking the demon within the boy and the demon comes out now mark gives a a much more colorful description of all this and that's where matthew's not caught up in the the narrative so much of given the background given the color to it he is just given the facts His goal is to present Jesus as the Messiah. So I recommend you read about this in Mark chapter 9. Mark gives a much more colorful description of the whole event. Verse 19, then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? That's the question we all have. Why couldn't they do it? Verse 20, because of your little faith, he told them. For truly, I tell you, if you have, Faith the size of a mustard seed. You will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So he says the reason they couldn't do it was because of their little faith. And he tells something of a parable here. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, earlier we saw the issue of the parable of the mustard seed. Mustard seed is very small. So if you have even that amount of faith, then you can command the mountain to move and the mountain will move. So they have apparently less faith than a a mustard seed worth. But the point he's making here is the problem is your faith. They had been given authority back in chapter 10, but it wasn't something they did by their own power. Yeah, they'd be given authority, but it wasn't, you have permission now to go out and do this on your own. It was... You have been empowered to do this by, not your power, the power of Christ. And that requires faith for that to work because you're not the one casting out the demon. Yeah, you've been given authority to, to be God's representative in this, but it's the power of God that's actually doing it. It's God who's actually casting out the demon, not you. You've been given authority to ask God to do it. And asking God to do it means you're trusting God to do it. That is faith. So the problem was their faith. Matthew hadn't given us any examples where they had actually successfully cast out demons. Luke and Mark do after chapter 10, where they'd be given the authority. They actually went out and did it. So we know they actually had some success in it. But perhaps they had gotten a little too used to it. And thinking they were doing it on their own that they had been given this ability not the authority but the ability and it's not any ability that they have it's only the ability of God to do this so his correction here is their faith but then the example he gives you can tell mountains to move we don't kind of see that in real life do we well I think a way to understand this is, he says, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing that Jesus has given you authority to do will be impossible. They've been given the authority to cast out demons. And so it was available for them to do if they had faith. They have been given authority to just do anything willy-nilly, saying, by the power of God, I command my bank account to grow. No, that doesn't work. That's not in the will of God. And so things we've been given authority to do by Christ, things we've been given the command to do, we have the ability to do. Now, verse 21 is missing in my Bible here, in the Christian Standard Bible. It's missing in a lot of Bibles. Some include it, but have it in parentheses or italics, meaning it's probably not original. And that's where Jesus said, in response to, why couldn't we do it? He said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Now, Mark 9.29 has that in it. And so, it's thought that somebody probably added it to some latter manuscripts of Matthew just to balance it out with Mark. And even in Mark, the and fasting is in Parentheses or italics, meaning that's probably not original. So, probably better understanding of Mark 9 29 is this kind does not come out except by prayer. So, the implication of that is they had not been acting in prayer and sincere faith. They had been trying to do things on their own, in their own ability, not in prayer, being connected with God, not in faith, trusting God for the results. Now, a crowd is present for this, but they don't really enter into the narrative of it, because really the lesson is for the disciples, that they must act in prayer. They must act in faith in order to be successful in ministry. And the same lesson for us, for a ministry to be meaningful and successful, it's got to be conducted based on prayer, that is, connected with God, being directed by God and faith and be empowered by God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So continue working through Matthew.